0: He's a world-class singer. Uh, he During the week, uh, you can catch him at Disney. He sings there for the mouse. and But uh, any time he gets a chance, he sings for Jesus. I love him because he's got a pure voice. Wish I had one of those. And he's got a pure heart. And I love you, Lester. And we wish Holly was here because she is the, we like her. But since she can't be, we're going to let you minister to us and we're going to worship you. We love you. God bless you.
1: you I've had many tears and sorrows. I've had questions for tomorrow. There have been times I didn't know right from wrong. But in every situation, God gave blessed consolation that my trials come to only make me strong. And I thank my God for the mountains. I even thank him for the valleys. I thank him for the storms he's brought me through. Because if I never had that problem, I wouldn't know that God could solve them. I'd never know what faith in God's word could do. Sing this with me. Say, through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God through it all. Through it all, I've learned to depend upon his word. Come on, sing it one more time. Through it all, through it all. Yeah, lift your voice and tell him. Say, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to depend upon his word. The Lord is good, yes. My le alone in the desert That is above all names, I choose to place my confidence and trust. Yeah. Exalt your name, yeah, yes, Jesus, I will, yeah, I will exalt, oh, exalt your name. Can we give Jesus an ovation of glory and honor? There is absolutely no one like you, God. Reaching for the coffee, take a drink. Hoping it will help me start the day. Praying with the kind of words that I shouldn't even say. Living in the pressures of this place. Looking for a difference I can't make. Searching for direction in this complicated maze. in you. I'm giving it all back to you, yeah. Cause I'm seeing life in a whole new kind of way. It's a brand new day. oh,
0: oh,
1: oh, oh. oh, oh, oh. Walking with my head held up high. Talking as your hand is holding mine. Taking my chance to spend some time with you today. Smelling your fragrance in the air. Seeing your beauty everywhere. Feeling the rain on my skin is fresh again. And I am lost
0: without you. And I have found
1: myself in you. I'm giving it all. I'm seeing life in a whole new kind of way It's a brand new strength in what you say, knowing you love me all the way, loving what you do to turn my life into something good. Amen, amen. What an incredible God we serve. Yes. <laughs> the Lord is gracious and kind and magnificent. Father, you are wonderful in every way, imaginable God. For those of your sons and daughters, Lord, who will put you to the test and prove that you are God and will be God. And You reveal yourself to us, God, proving, Father, the validity of who you are and proving us as your children. God, we do bless you tonight, honor you, worship you, and magnify you. Come on, can you all over the building just begin to express your love, your gratitude, your appreciation for Father? There is absolutely no one like the Lord. (laughs) There is no one greater, no one more beautiful and magnificent than you. Lord, I will bless your name. I will bless your name. For you are great. You do miracles so great. There is no one else like you. Lord, there is no one else like you. You are great. You do miracles so great. There is no one else like you. Lord, there is no. was in a worship conference in 2009. There was about 30 of us in the room, Pastor Gary. It was an invitation-only conference, and it was in an area in Orlando, Florida, called Dr. Phillips, real ritzy area, and the conference was being hosted by Ron Cannoli. He had a well-known writer come in. I won't mention his name, but he came in, and he asked everybody in the room, he said, I want you to write down your definition of worship. So all of us worship leaders in the room began to write our definition down, and and after we got done with that, he said, well, he said I'm going to give you guys an opportunity to share. And we began to share our definitions. And then he goes, well, this is my definition of worship. He said, defining the worth of God. And honestly, when I heard it, I thought, boy, that's really good and it's better than what I had. So I said, that's great. I'll adopt his. <laughs> the conference ended and I'm walking out to my car. And I reach out for the door handle of my car. I kid you not. And God speaks to me and he says, Lester, how can you define the worth of someone when you don't know your own? He said, son, I want you to understand something. Worship has nothing to do with you giving me what I already know about myself. He said, I've been God a long time all by myself. And he said, I know who I am. He said, worship is about me defining who you are because you're the one in need of defining. And it changed my perspective forever in regards to what I do from the platform. But more importantly, ladies and gentlemen, what I do in my own living. I recognize that worship was not only something that I did, but more so it is who I am. It's who I am. My life lived in him, ladies and gentlemen, is all the worship that Jehovah wants. Amen. It's all that he desires. So everything else is just addendum the lifting of our hands, the shout, the dance, the words and phrases we use to define who God is and the songs that we sing should be a byproduct of the life I live in Him. Amen. Because it gives Him an opportunity to define who I am so that I just don't know who God is, but I'm known by Him. This is real, this is true, this is my worship to you. It's not an act, it's not a song, it's my life on the altar, right where I belong. Holding nothing back, releasing all control. Give my life to You alone. All
0: of my heart
1: is Yours. Abandon my life for Your glory, in spirit and truth. not just know Him, but to be known by Him, to recognize and acknowledge that God is for us, and if Jehovah is for us, ladies and gentlemen, there is no one who can be against us, amen. We can dream again, we can believe again, ladies and gentlemen. Water, you turn into mine. You open the eyes of the blind. There's no one like you There's none like you Into the darkness you shine And out of the ashes we rise There's no one like you There's none like you Our God is greater, our God is stronger, God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power, our God, our God, yeah. Whoa, whoa. Into the darkness you shine and out of the ashes we rise there's no one like you come on tell him there's none like you you are great our god is greater our god is stronger god you are higher than any other lord you are healer awesome and power our god our
0: God, yeah. Oh, 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 oh. oh
1: yeah. it. And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God with us then what could stand against and if our god is for us then who could ever stop us Our God is greater Our God is strong
2: And if our God is for us, who can be against us? Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. While he was singing that song, I I turned to my scripture. I was looking for another one. And while he was singing that song, I just went to the one I know that, that, that just speaks so loudly of that very promise. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord which made heaven and earth he will not suffer thy foot to be moved he that keepeth thee will not slumber behold he that keepeth israel shall ne- oh i want to stop right there surrounded by all of her enemies the whole world hates her but god protects israel He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve, I love this scripture. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Why don't you give the Lord praise for his promise and for his word tonight. Amen. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. Mighty is he. They may say a lot and they run their uh, their agendas, and they speak their language, and they try to push and prod, and they try their best to attack, and they, get, they want sometimes for us to just be quiet, but I'm telling you here tonight, our God is an awesome, mighty God. He's a strong God. Now, I wasn't going to preach tonight, so don't sing me so happy. <laughs> Amen. You can be seated. I want to take just a few moments right here in the middle of what we're experiencing. This young man, I can go back in my life. I don't know if he remembers it. He's had so many different experiences and he's done so many things around the world. You know, I told him a few minutes ago, you know, Lester, we're we're just so proud of you. And we are here in Southern Ohio. This is one of our boys. I mean, although he's been all over the world doing all kinds of huge things and I've seen him on television, I've seen him in concert halls, on posters, and I've seen him many different places, but I remember the pavilion out at the Southern Ohio Church of God Youth Camp, and I remember while everybody else was out on the field, or everybody else was, was playing softball, or they were out chasing the girls, I'd hear something in the pavilion, I can't count how many times it would slip out there. And, in the heat of the summer day, there was Lester on a keyboard or hanging out with a buddy, and they were singing, and they were praising. And I'll never forget, we didn't have, we didn't really allow the campers. We just didn't, nobody ever thought of it before. We, we didn't plan for the campers to be on the service schedule. We brought in the singers. And I remember going out there and listening to them sing one afternoon, and Lester, that smile, smile, that smile that one, that one. He did that smile right there and he said, any chance we might get on the program tonight? And after listening to him, I said, let me see what I can do. And I want you to know, I remember that night, the youth camp, the kids that were worshiping and the way this young man with one other young man got up and sang the rafters down in that pavilion. And the power of the Lord moved, and I mean kids were worshiping all over the place. We ended up that night, we ended up with kids out in the grass laying there, filled with the Holy Ghost, and praising God, and it was one of the best youth camp services I'll ever remember. And I said to myself then, and I've said it many times since, that boy is going to do something. God's got his hand on him. And I want you to know, I, I've seen that, I've seen that in how he's been used through Lee University and How he's been used in different ministries around the world camp meetings general assembly the church of god this boy's been used by everybody and he does one thing whenever you talk to him in five minutes he gives god all the glory and all the honor no no thing comes back he doesn't want to receive anything for himself but i appreciate what gary said gary said he's got a pure voice and i'm telling you he can sing anything would you agree with that after just a few minutes But while a lot of people seek for their own glory and their own credit and they want to talk about their own talent and they push the agenda of themselves, I've never seen this young man do that. He's always had, and Gary, I love what you said, pure voice and a pure heart. He's always had a good heart from when he was even a young kid. And Lester, I'm proud of you and I love you very much and we're glad to have you tonight at at Stratford Heights. I want you right now as we prepare to give i want our ushers to come forward i want us to bless this young man i don't want you to just give an offering i want you to bless him and i want us to to show confidence in god's power to work in our own because we've got others that have talent and ability and calling on their lives and i want god to use us to bless other kids as they grow up and become husbands and 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 travel the world i want us to be a part of the blessing that has helped this young man live out the purpose and destiny that God's called him to. We're proud of him tonight, and I wanted you to have a little bit of history on him because he's not just some worship pastor or worship leader coming through Ohio. He's one of our own, and when we heard about Lester wanting to come and he was going to be in the area, we jumped at the chance to have him with us, and we're excited that he's here, and we're proud of what God's doing in his life. So help me to bless him tonight. Father, as we come before you, we ask you to use us tonight to meet a need, perhaps, in he and Holly's life. I pray that you would bless him abundantly through our means, through our hands. Let us, God, be blessed tonight in our giving. May we give cheerfully, and Lord, may we give with a sense of purpose and destiny. For every gift, Lord, let it be something that touches your heart and ministers to the need that the rectors have. I pray in the name of Jesus for you to continue to bless and open up doors and opportunities for Lester. I pray that God, he and Holly will understand and see their very dreams come true that you've placed down in their hearts. We thank you that tonight we get to be a part of that dream, that Lord, we're in the ministry of their worship. We thank you for this opportunity. We ask now that you bless the gift and the giver. In Christ's name, amen.
0: What are these voices in my head? I can tell who is the real me. Is this the truth or make believe? What are these voices in my head? I can tell who is the real me? Is this the truth or make believe? This is it.
2: Because I wanted to do something at the beginning, and, and I want to make sure I do this tonight. Brother Glenn Hale, I want you to stand. We have been missing you. We're glad you're here tonight after serious surgery, and you have come into the house of God. You're here this morning, and God has been with you. He told me that, that the doctors are absolutely shocked at his progress, and that he's six weeks physically above uh, ahead of schedule. And that was because of the touch of God on his life. He's supposed to be working a whole lot harder than he is, but God is helping him. He's here tonight. We love you, sir. We've been praying for you, and we're glad to see you in God's house tonight. Amen.
1: Amen. Two years ago, the Lord asked me a question. I was praying about our ministry and the future of our ministry. My wife and I felt like we were in limbo at the time, wondering which direction we should go into. And the Lord said this to me. He said, Lester, I want you to ask me to show you how your music and your message are meant to collaborate and work together. Now, at the time, we were full-time on the road and singing and teaching and doing very similar to what I'm doing tonight. And it was in that moment that God began to reveal to me something that came as a result of, of my early believing in Him. I remember reading in the book of Deuteronomy, and I came across the different Definitions or descriptions of what the tribes of Israel would be doing or what they would accomplish, and God got to the tribe of Levi. And He said, As for the Levi tribe, He said, Their portion will be the Lord. And immediately the Father began to speak into my spirit Levitical rise, the rise of a generation whose portion is God. And what you saw right there on the screen just a moment ago is the beginnings of a project, a two-year-long project, hopefully no more than two years, but a two-year-long project, a three-phase project that we have begun under the face-to-face umbrella. My wife and I is 501c3. We launched a Christian pop rock a cappella group called Levitical Rise, but Levitical Rise is more than just the group. It is a movement a rise of a generation who is no longer looking for other satisfaction in other areas, but recognizes that their portion is the Lord. Amen? It's a three-step process. We've released the music. In fact, it's kind of funny because how many remember the movie Footloose? Kevin Bacon. Let me refresh y'all's memory. Yet everybody could lose. Footloose. Can I do that in Sunday night? So anyway, we cut a rug. there you go. Yeah, everybody cut a rug. So when Footloose, the movie, before Footloose, the movie was released, about six months prior to that, they released the music for Footloose. They had this incredible marketing uh, uh, marketing scheme. They said, let's do this. Let's release the music to generate popularity, and it did. The music of Footloose became so popular that when they released the movie, the movie had immediate success. And then from the movie, they released a Broadway production called Footloose. Amen? Three-step process. Well, as this has unfolded, God has begun to speak to me about what Levitical Rise is supposed to be. The song that you heard is titled, Who I Am. Next year, we will begin production on a movie titled, Who I Am. Which will be the first of its kind, never been done before, a Christian musical featuring the medium of acapella music. The storyline is about a comedian who, through his circumstances in life, ultimately finds redemption through identity. I began to put the script together, ladies and gentlemen, two months before Robin Williams passed away. Because on the surface, when you look at a comedian from the stage, you think in your mind that, boy, they've got life all together. They've really got a great perspective of life, when in reality, they're demonized. Many of them are. I've talked to many comedians, those that I know, who have said that they deal with the same stuff that Robin Williams dealt with in life. And so we will begin production on a movie, and then after that, this is a huge undertaking, but it's a dream and a vision that God has set in my heart and it's something that I believe the Lord is intending to utilize for the sake of developing and discipling people who occupy pews every Sunday morning. Redemption through identity. Amen. Understanding who we are as spiritual sons and daughters and then from the movie we will launch a full stage production that will feature the acapella group. So I thought, boy, how fitting to give you a, just a just a piece. In fact, I just released all of this last week. It's never been out. I haven't talked about it. I haven't told anybody about it. I had a conversation with Gary about it before I actually released it, and and well, at least about a day or two before I released it, and and uh, and so it's a tremendous undertaking, one that my wife and I feel like the Lord has put in our hearts, and we've begun the process of doing that, so your gift tonight and everything that you've given, or most of what you've given at least, what we've gained from the weekend goes towards the production of this Vision, this dream. Amen. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, we need dreamers in the body of Christ again. We need those individuals who will be willing to create again, who are willing to take the risk that faith requires to ultimately live what they say they believe outside of the four walls of the church. Amen? In Mark chapter 4, the Bible says that there is four type of soils by which the seed of the word of the Lord falls on. Tonight, I'm convinced that each one of those soils is represented in this room. And you and I have a choice tonight as to what we are going to allow the seed of the word of the Lord to do in our hearts. The first soil the Bible says that seed falls on in Mark chapter 4, the, thrower, the, the sower sows the seed. The first soil the Bible says that it falls on is hard soil. The scripture says that when the seed falls upon that hard soil, eventually, ultimately, at the end of the day, it doesn't go into the ground. But the Bible says that the enemy comes, the crows of the air, Satan, comes and he robs the potential for that seed to fall into the ground. And the question you have to ask yourself tonight is, am I going to allow the seed that God wants to sow into my life so that I get everything out of what God wants to speak and say tonight? Am I going to allow that to be robbed by the enemy? Because if that's you and and that's your soil tonight as the seed is sown, as the sower who is myself throws the seed tonight, if you're going to allow it to be robbed by Satan, you need to make the determination tonight that that will not be me. The second soil soil that the seed falls upon, the Scripture says, is rocky soil. The Bible says that the seed goes into the ground, and immediately it sprouts up quickly, meaning that you become very zealous about what you've heard. You're excited about it. It sounds really good to your ears, but ultimately, at the end of the day, you go back into life, and the Bible says that circumstance scorches and destroys the potential of that seed to produce any fruit. And the reason why is because there's no foundation, ladies and gentlemen, by which the seed can rest upon. No deep root. The third soil the Bible says that the sower throws seed upon, ladies and gentlemen, is that of thorny soil. Seed. Growing among thorns, growing among weeds, and the Bible says that as the seed grows, it grows among thorns, and the thorns represent the lust of the flesh, the things that we want in this life more than we want God. You have to ask yourself the question tonight, what is it in my life that I am putting in a higher place than Father? Is it okay if I have real conversation with you tonight? I always ask my students in the discipleship school, I say, is it okay if we talk mature talk? Mature talk. Because ultimately, ladies and gentlemen, from the moment we say yes to Jesus, we should always be growing. Something is stopping the body of Christ from growing. Let me tell you how I know. Because we don't know who we are outside of the four walls of the building in which we experience the presence of God together. In 2010, I was standing on a stage in Naples, Florida, leading worship, and God began to ask me a question. It's a good thing that I knew the song. Otherwise, I would have been completely thrown off. And God says, Lester, are they worshiping me? I said, yes, they are, Lord. He said, Lester, are they in my presence? I said, yes, they are, Lord. He said, you can be in the presence of anyone and not know who they are. He said, many of these people with their hands raised, shouting, dancing, Speaking words and phrases about who I am. He said, many will walk out of this building. This is as I'm leading worship, ladies and gentlemen. Many will walk out of this building knowing only what I can do, but not who I am. You can be in the presence of anyone and not know who they are. Ladies and gentlemen, we have in the body of Christ today an identity crisis. We struggle to live what we say we believe outside of the four walls of the church. And ultimately, at the end of the day, it's easy for us to believe in here because we're among people who believe like us. But you can't live here. You have to eventually go out into life. And so the fourth soil, the Bible says, the seed of the word of the Lord is is sown into is that which produces 30, 60, and 100 times its intended purpose. I say all this to say this, ladies and gentlemen. I want us to decide tonight which soil we're going to be and just be honest about it. Otherwise, we go through life wearing the mask, shielding the identity that God says is ours. Now, think about how awkward it would be if I taught the rest of this message with this mask on. Would that not be awkward for you? it's creepy right but at the end of the day ladies and gentlemen if we're not choosing to believe the identity that God has established for us as spiritual sons and daughters we wear the mask amen the mask of false identity that means that at some point seed is falling on one of those first three soils you're either allowing the enemy to rob you of the benefit and the blessing of the seed And it's a potential to ever produce fruit. Or you're allowing the seed to grow among thorns. Circumstances in your life that are serving to define you outside of who God says you are. Or you have idols. Things in your life that you place in a higher position than God. Ultimately, things in our lives that we love more than we love him. Because as we know, ladies and gentlemen, love is not a feeling. Amen. It's not a goose bump. It's not even an affection. (laughs) For God so loved the world that he gave his life. Amen. The Lord is good. Yes. Moses said in Exodus 33, 12 through 18, is it okay if I teach? Moses in Exodus 33, 12 through 18, is confronted with an identity crisis situation concerning the nation of Israel. And he goes to the Lord and he says this, you've been telling me to lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, this is what Moses asks the Lord. He says, if you're pleased with me, teach me your way so that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember Remember, God, that this nation is your people. The Lord replies to Moses and said, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then Moses says to the Lord, If your presence does not go with us, please do not send us up from here. Moses recognizes, ladies and gentlemen, that if God does not establish who they are, That the journey means absolutely nothing. How do I know? Because he makes this statement, a powerful statement in the passages. He says, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. For how will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? He says, what else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth unless you go with us? This evening, I want to ask the question what is distinguishing you? What is distinguishing you from everyone else in your life outside of the name Christian? And the Lord says to Moses, I will do the very thing that you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Then Moses said, now show me your glory. As I was singing just a moment ago, the Spirit of the Lord spoke this to me and I need to share it with you before I walk off this platform. The Lord says, forgetting those things which are behind and looking forward, press toward the mark for which God has called you in Christ Jesus forgetting what is behind. And I don't know why, and this was something God spoke to me this morning, and I thought it was for the morning service until a moment ago when God quickened it back into my spirit. You're getting ready to celebrate 100 years, but Father says I don't want you to necessarily remember that. I want you to keep your eyes on where you're going. Amen? (laughs) Press. Press. It's going to be important, ladies and gentlemen. We have to be distinguishable. Amen? Amen? We have to be recognizable in the eyes of the Lord. Otherwise, what will distinguish me and you from all the other people on the face of the earth who bear the name Christian? Why do I make that statement? Because the word Christian, ladies and gentlemen, has too much gray. Way too much gray today. And a day and time in our society... That is ever increasing in the need for position, for status, for value, and for worth. We find that the word Christian carries with it too much gray. Gray ideals and values that have polluted the very essence of the word. Moses in the book of Exodus recognizes the need for being defined. He says, Lord, define us. What will separate us? Unless you go with us, don't send us. Stop the business. Because unless you go with us, it will accomplish nothing. Amen? In order for the New Testament phrase, be in the world and not of the world, to take on its true meaning, Moses recognized that God is, Needed to define him in the nation of Israel. Amen. Today, the same is true for us. Our world and society is riddled with the diluted and upside down truth that makes it easier for us to believe the lie, ladies and gentlemen, over the truth that comes from God and more specifically the lie of circumstance. Why? Because of the deceptive nature, that nature that's in all of us, the nature that you and I were born into. It's much easier for you and I to believe the lie than it is for the truth. And furthermore, it's much easier for us to recognize the lie than it is for us to recognize the truth. Why? Because if we continue to be defined by our circumstances or the things that's happened in our lives, socially, mentally, physically, economically, and even spiritually, ultimately, at the end of the day, ladies and gentlemen, we are not taking on God's definition of us as spiritual sons and as spiritual daughters. Amen? There's a difference between being a Christian Christian and ultimately being a disciple. A disciple is simply defined as one who learns, but the word learns in that definition is one who learns by experience. Anyone can bear the name Christian today, ladies and gentlemen. There is a line that is being drawn. There is a separation that is happening, as the Scripture said it would, a separation of wheat and chaff, and wheat and chaff has nothing to do with those who occupy pews and those who don't. In fact, in that passage, the wheat and chaff is defining and descriptive of those who are in the pews. Why? Because we know that the wheat and chaff, when they grow together, they grow, ladies and gentlemen, unrecognizable of each other. They look the exact same. The only thing that separates the wheat and the chaff is ultimately at the maturity stage when the wheat produces fruit. Fruit. fruit Romans 12 1 through 2 simply says offer yourselves therefore as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing in the eyes of the Lord for this is your real act of worship and then he says be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may know what is the good and perfect will of God for your life what are we being transformed into ladies and gentlemen What is this transformation establishing within us? Why is it important that our minds be renewed? Why is it important that our minds be transformed? Because before every action, there is a thought. So if God is going to impact the way in which you live, he has to first impact the way in which you and I think. Amen? So that the living becomes natural. Amen? Is everybody with me tonight? I don't want to bore anybody. That's the last thing I want to do. Amen. I can just go back to singing and we can all have a happy time and everything will be great. But I believe God has established and put a word within me for you tonight. Amen. We should all be excited. The Bengals won. They're five and zero. Oh. My Lord, that's a great thing. Amen. And it happened while I was up here, which is even better. What are we being renewed in, ladies and gentlemen? God is renewing our minds in Romans chapter 8, 14 through 17. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are called the sons of God. For God did not give you a spirit that causes you to be a slave again to fear. Amen? But Father has established within you a spirit of sonship by which you can cry out, Abba, Father. All the men say this with me. I am... A spiritual son the lady say I am a spiritual daughter the moment in which you said yes to Jesus ladies and gentlemen the moment in which you accepted him God established within you a spirit of sonship and a spirit of daughtership you can't do anything you can't do anything to convince God otherwise That's never going to change. Amen? You are his son and you are his daughter. But what good is it if God knows it if you don't? Amen? This process is about you and I believing this truth. Ultimately, we have to ask ourselves, what are we believing? Are we believing our circumstances or are we believing God's defining of who we are in life, because, ladies and gentlemen, that's where the rubber meets the road. Amen. (laughs) The Lord is good, yes? Belief is what separates the difference between a Christian and a disciple, belief. Because when it's all said and done, ladies and gentlemen, if you and I aren't willing to believe God. We will never walk in the fullness of who God says we are as his sons and as his daughters. In Exodus 33, Moses and God have a very father to son moment. And that not only does Moses acknowledge his need for God, but also. God solidifies Moses worth, his value and his identity. Why is this so important, ladies and gentlemen? Because in Christianity today, in the church today, we look for worth and value more so in what we do instead of who we are. Performance-driven Christianity. That which says, I still have to earn this from God by living a certain way. Amen? And if I don't live a certain way, then God's defining of who I am changes. You will never, ever, 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 ever unconvince God of who he says you are. And here's the truth, ladies and gentlemen, and this is why it's important for us to recognize this, because John 16 says that when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will lead you into all truth, talking about the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. You see, in the Pentecostal circuit, we tend to view the Holy Spirit as someone who gives us gifts and and fruits. Gifts and fruits are a byproduct of one thing, ladies and gentlemen, your belief in who he says you are as a spiritual son and daughter. If you're not believing who you are as a spiritual son and daughter, then you cannot function properly in the gifts nor the fruits. If you were like me, you grew up in a generation in which we had to, we, we would write down, how many of y'all did this, write down on cue cards the fruits of the spirit and you'd post them on your mirrors in your bathroom and in your car in order to remind yourself to live those things I recognized very quickly, Pastor, that I couldn't do that. I can't memorize my way into the fruits of the Spirit. They are a byproduct of my belief in who I am as His Son. And if I'm struggling to live what I say I believe out there, then I will ultimately struggle with the gifts and the fruits that are a part of who I am. Why? Because they come from the same Spirit. Amen? I've not given you a spirit that causes you to be a slave again to fear, but a spirit of sonship by which you can cry out, see me, know me as Daddy, Abba, Father. And this spirit testifies with my spirit that you are now defined as spiritual sons and daughters of God and heirs with Christ. And everybody say, if. One more time, say if. The ifs. And the buts in Scripture are some of the most powerful words and phrases in all the passages. You want to know why? Because they're transition words. They're words meant to cause you to pay attention. Pay attention to this next part. Heirs with Christ, if you fellowship in my suffering, so that you may also fellowship in my glory. The word suffering in that passage is is simply defined as the surrendering of your life. God says, if you will fellowship in the surrendering of your life, you will also fellowship in my glory. The word glory is defined as God revealed. So if you'll give me your life, Jesus tells us that he who loses his life for my sake will find life. If you'll give me your life, I'll show myself to you in every aspect of your life. But the reason why we struggle with this, ladies and gentlemen, is because there's one thing in this room that no one wants to give up. Doesn't matter your status. No one wants to give up this one thing. Can anybody tell me what it is? Control. The reason why we struggle to believe, Pastor Gary, who we are as spiritual sons and daughters, the reason why we struggle to live out of this identity in life is because we do not want to give up control. Ladies and gentlemen, the reason why we remain under a spirit of fear, this is just Paul's writing here, a spirit of fear is because we do not want to give up control because what's the first emotion we feel when we feel out of control? Fear. Fear. Fear is what the enemy uses to keep you and me in check. Amen? To keep us under a false identity. To keep us wearing the mask. Fear, ladies and gentlemen, is what keeps us in this place. Fear is what keeps you and I from believing who Father says we are. I want to give you three things tonight from this passage that I believe will aid you in the process of believing who God says you are. Because when it's all said and done, guys, no matter what happens up here on this platform, when the goosebumps fade, the tears fade, and all the hallelujahs are over with, you and I still have to leave this moment and go back out into life. And when we go back into life, we will stand toe-to-toe with our circumstances yet again. Amen? Number one. From Exodus 33, the need for God's presence to be with us and go before us is crucial. Crucial for the separation, for the defining, for the distinguishing. I'm not talking about just the presence that we feel in a moment of worship, ladies and gentlemen, the goosebumps. Because as I said a moment ago, you can be in the presence of anyone and not know who they are. I'm talking about the presence that God gives you and I, according to Exodus 33:14, 14, that gives us rest and affirms who we are as spiritual sons and daughters. Because how many know and believe that we have to be affirmed in this? Amen? Because we're talking about an identity, ladies and gentlemen, that we can't taste, touch, smell, or hear. Why? Because it comes from a spiritual God. And the elephant in the room tonight, ladies and gentlemen, is that you can't see God. That's the elephant in the room. I struggle to believe God because I can't see God. The line in that song that I wrote for this group, ladies and gentlemen, says, what I believe and what I perceive is caused a raging war deep inside of me. Because ultimately, that's where the battlefield takes place. What I believe or what I say I believe and what I see with my eyes often are a contradiction of each other. And you and I have a default mechanism, ladies and gentlemen. We tend to default back into what we feel like we can be in control of. When God says the measure of a man has nothing to do with what he can control, but what he can give away. Amen? You want to be successful in life? Pastor talked a moment ago about my success do you want to know why I'm successful, ladies and gentlemen? I have no bones about telling you. It's because I've lost a lot. I've suffered in my 39 years of living a lot. So that God could establish and put a message within me for the body of Christ for this day. And a day that is to come. It's through that loss that place of wilderness, that place of suffering, that ultimately I saw God revealed. Amen. <laughs> I don't care if y'all amen, because the heavenly hosts are going, <sighs> As God's children, we must recognize that God is always with us and goes before us in order to establish and equip us for life first. And then for all that he desires to accomplish through us. One of the most powerful things the Spirit of the Lord ever said to me, Pastor Ray, is don't ever forget, Lester, that you're a son first who just happens to preach and just happens to sing. You're a daughter first who just happens to do such and such. Don't ever forget that. Because the moment you forget that, ladies and gentlemen, is the moment you try to take things into your own hands. And make it happen on your own. Why? Because out of your sonship should flow your ministry. Everything you do should come as a result of that. Amen? Again, as God's children, we must recognize that God is always with us and goes before us in order to establish and equip us for life first and then for all that He desires to accomplish through us. Otherwise, we will always be swayed by popular opinion. God's desire is that we walk with Him in this life as obedient sons and daughters, so that He can reveal Himself to us as Emmanuel, God who is with us. And this revelation comes as a result of our obedience, which ushers in, in Exodus thirty-three fifteen, God's favor. Amen. God's favor. That's the second point this morning. We need the favor of God. But I want to explain something to you, ladies and gentlemen. The favor of God doesn't just come by osmosis. (laughs) The favor of God is upon those who are willing to be obedient to Him. Amen? Obedience is the doorway and the only door by which we gain the favor of God. Now, you can be blessed You can be blessed. Why do I know this? Because ultimately, God is the blessing. Amen? You can be blessed, but ladies and gentlemen, obedience is the door by which you and I maintain and gain the favor of God in our lives. Obedience. God's favor is a result of obedience, and as we practice obedience to an unseen God, we experience God's favor in that He manifests Himself in our natural lives. How many want to see God in your life? Let me tell you what God wants for you. He doesn't necessarily want you to see him in your circumstances. He wants you to know who you are in your circumstances so that you're not defined by them, but instead you define your circumstances as a result of your spiritual identity. Amen? It's in that place, ladies and gentlemen, that we see God. Now, as we see the unseen God become seen in our lives, this creates experiential testimonies that come from our track record with Him. Experience with God transforms God's presence into a tangible representation of Emmanuel, God with us. As well, this lets us know that God is pleased with us. Amen. I love the fact that, that Paul begins Romans 12:1 by saying, Therefore, brothers, I beseech you in view of God's mercy to offer yourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing. Do you know tonight that God sees you as holy and pleasing? If you don't, let me tell you why you don't. It's because you're still viewing your life through the lens of what you've done or where you're not. Or where you should be. Or what you should have. And so the offering is tainted. Amen? Because you're still seeing yourself through a false perspective. When God is trying to establish within you a right perspective. Again, this lets us know that God is pleased with us. That he is for us so we don't have to question or wonder about our directive or our direction. Amen. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may know what is the good and perfect will of God for your life. So that you never have to wonder, what is God's plan for my life? What is His will for my life? What is God's call on my life? Where am I going after I finish school? Where am I going after I finish this? What is God going to do in my life? How am I going to pay this bill? Ladies and gentlemen, these things should all be a byproduct of who we are spiritual sons. You and I should walk into these things naturally. Amen? We should never have to ask God, Lord, what is your plan or what is your will for this? Ultimately, at the end of the day, we walk into it naturally if we are walking in obedience. It's a byproduct of who we already are. Amen? Why? Because the same spirit, ladies and gentlemen, that established who you are as a spiritual son and a spiritual daughter is the same spirit that leads you into all truth. The exact same spirit. Boy, this is good. Practice is key here. Like Father did with the prophet Jeremiah in the first chapter of Jeremiah, we must allow God to lead us into the practice of obedience. Say, I'm going to practice. That's not very confident, but we'll go with it. I'm going to practice obedience. Ladies and gentlemen, in the first chapter of Jeremiah, I love this. We don't practice enough in the body of Christ. Why? Because we're too afraid of being wrong. That's just the truth. Can we not have mature conversation tonight? Can we not take off the mask? Bear ourselves before the Lord. Reveal the truth about who we are so that honesty prevails in this moment. Amen? We must practice. God would speak to the prophet Jeremiah when he first called him and said, Jeremiah, what do you see? Jeremiah would say, well, Lord, I see a tree. Very good. You've answered correctly. We're practicing, Jeremiah. Why was it important for Jeremiah and God to practice because God would later tear Jeremiah that when you walk up to the children of Israel and you stand there and declare the word of the Lord, do not be swayed by the looks on their faces. Do not be swayed by their body language. Do not be swayed by the words that come out of their mouth. Because if you are, I will hold you accountable. Amen? So I'm going to practice with you so you're always knowing that it's me, the Lord, who is speaking to you. It's me. Which leads me to my third and final point. We must hear God's voice. Ladies and gentlemen, what will distinguish you and me in this day and time is not only do we have to practice listening and hearing God speak, but we must not hesitate in declaring that we have heard him. We cannot hesitate in declaring that we have heard the Lord. Here's the deal, guys. Anybody can memorize scripture. Anybody can quote scripture, but if it doesn't become the gospel according to you, you'll always be regurgitating someone else's experience with God. It has to become the gospel according to Lester Rector. It has to be my experiences with Father. Amen? So that when I do open my mouth, I know that I open my mouth with experiential power. I don't have to wonder if God is with me. I know He is. Why? Because of what I've come through with Him. Amen? We cannot be afraid in this day and time to declare that we hear Him. I am convinced by God that in the day we live, what will differentiate and what will distinguish and what will separate us from all the others who bear the name of Christian is our willingness to hear, to respond, and to obey God. This is what will separate us. The true representation of a spiritual son and a spiritual daughter comes in our willingness to practice listening, responding, and obeying God so that God can reveal himself to us. Guys, remember, God is wanting to solidify your belief so that as spiritual sons and daughters, you can trust him for absolutely anything. Amen? For anything. It's just scriptural. Ask anything in my name according to your belief and it shall be done. Why? Because your belief in who you are as a spiritual son and daughter is already in line with his will. Do you understand that, ladies and gentlemen? You don't have to beg for this, fight for this. It's already a byproduct of who you are. God. He's wanting to solidify who we are. The day we live in demands that the real spiritual God be revealed through those he calls his own, especially since there is so much gray that has infiltrated the organizational belief, the structural belief, and the leadership belief of the church as a whole. We know how to do church, we know how to produce results. We have lights, we have bells and whistles, we know how to put on a show. But none of this matters in here, guys, if we can't live what we say we believe out there. Amen? It doesn't matter. It's for naught. The people that God wants us to be and those He wants us to lead. Are his people, and without our surrendered participation with his presence and his voice and his favor, we have to ask ourselves the question, guys, where are we going, and ultimately, where are we leading others? If we're struggling to believe ourselves, amen. Father, we thank you so much for your word, for your expression of love. Lord, I thank you tonight, God, that we do not have to wonder. About how you feel about us, Lord, tonight, we don't have to question that, Father, we know that we are loved by you, we know that you are a kind God, a gracious God. Father, tonight, Lord, is not about. What we know about you, Father, it's what we know about ourselves. Do we recognize tonight, Father, who you say we are? Do we understand, God, that we are the beloved? Do we understand, Father, tonight that we are the head and not the tail? Do we understand tonight, Father, that we have authority in you? Why? Because of who you say we are, spiritual sons and spiritual daughters. Father, I ask that you would aid us in this truth. And that, Lord, you would help us make life our altar. Look at me for just a moment, ladies and gentlemen, as you stand. I'm going to sing a song. And as I sing, I want you to ponder this thought. In the Old Testament, the Scripture says that the men of God, the women of God, would experience God in particular places in different times. And as they would do such, they would... They would give God a name, which is where we get Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, Shalom, Mekadesh, Zikenu, so on and so forth. Why? Because ultimately they recognized that God showed up in the moments in which they needed those specific areas in life. But they would also do something else. The scripture says that they would build an altar in life. As wonderful as this facility is, ladies and gentlemen, as great as it is that we can come here and fellowship together, and we should because the scripture tells us we should, ultimately, ladies and gentlemen, we have to begin building altars in life. We have to make life our altar. That means that you and I have to make it up in our hearts and in our minds to begin practicing what we say we believe. We have to put faith in To practice, we must take the risk that faith requires to see God revealed in our lives so that you and I don't live just by what we say we believe, but we live by what we say we've experienced in Him. It's not enough that you say that you live for God. In fact, Jesus never asked you to live for Him. He asked you to live in Him. Why? Because living for something puts the responsibility, the results on you. Again, it keeps you in control. But living in Christ, ladies and gentlemen, as the scripture tells us we should, causes us to lose our life. Everything I've talked about tonight is no one void if we're not willing to surrender our lives in the moments in which life matters, in the moments of circumstances, the ones that we have every single day. That's why it's important, ladies and gentlemen, that we make life our altar. Amen? So that in due season, in time, the Lord can raise us up. When I am down, and all oh, my soul so weary, when troubles come. Then my heart burdened me. hands oh, you ready
2: beautiful tonight beautiful and what a great word I don't know the song or I'd sing it <laughs> I like it it's important that we as we're dismissed in prayer this evening I want us to consider and think about you know it really is works in all that we've talked about today our early morning services where we talked about who we really are in christ when we're faced in those crisis situations those crises that the ones that define us and let us know who we really are we know tonight our identity is in christ and that assures us in confidence that we man we can do anything we can walk on water We can climb to the mountains. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, as we come before you, we thank you for the words that we have heard tonight. We thank you, Lord, for the music that we have heard, the gift that we have experienced. We thank you for the faith that stirs in our hearts and challenges us. Lord, as we move from this place, as we are challenged by this word to move out into our circumstances, and Lord, be the children of God that we are called to be. Lord, you've given us the gift of being through your son. We thank you tonight. We honor you and we bless you. We go with confidence. We go with boldness. We go knowing who we are, Lord. We're not identified by our our circumstances. We're not even identified or labeled, Lord, by where we've come from or what's happened in our past. But, Lord, we are defined by the blood of Jesus Christ, who conquered Calvary, rose from the dead, and became our victor at the right hand of the Father. Lord, we thank you for that gift, that knowledge that we are sons and daughters in you, and we go in your name, we thank you tonight for what we have heard, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you tonight. Please go by the table, visit with Lester and talk with him, and and pick up anything there that might be a blessing in your life. God bless you.